Kane is in the building. <laughs> Welcome on back to the sports show. I'm your host, Chris Baker, alongside Preston Poole. It's week three of our show. We got lots to talk about. We got OSU talk. We got OKC Thunder talk. We got just general football, basketball, NFL, college football, you name it. I want to be sure to say, go follow us on Twitter at the Bake is here at Preston Poole 405 and at U Central Radio. Thanks to Jacob Silva last week for coming onto the show. Yeah, Preston, I thought that was a really great discussion. Uh, good insight from a you know, a Thunder Rider. Yeah, yeah, definitely enjoy having him on and uh, talking OKC. Unfortunately, now the season is over for Oklahoma City, uh, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll bit. get into that here in a little bit. Uh, right away, I think we should just get right into probably the biggest topic of the, uh, or the biggest, you know, news of the weekend of the last couple of days is OSU, Oklahoma State got their first game, their season opener against Tulsa, delayed a week. It'll be happening on September 19th now. Um, yeah, Preston, what do you think? I think you read a little bit into it. Uh, give your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, from what I've read, it's just mainly because Tulsa's only practiced like seven times in the last 17 days, uh, because previously they had some issues, uh, with a coronavirus outbreak on the team. So, uh, obviously they just wanted an extra week to, you know, get some practice in cause they've only practiced for seven days total. Um, so there's nothing on OSU's end. I, I don't think, I think they're all good. I think they released the COVID, um, number update the other day. Uh, and they had, I believe 10 or 11 on the football team, uh, or maybe just in the athletic department total. I can't remember, but, um, yeah, OSU's good to go, but yeah, it's on Tulsa, I guess. Yeah. You know, I was seeing some of the OSU guys were out on Twitter, of course, uh, when the news broke, they had like memes of just sitting yeah. around or whatever. <laughs> I know I saw Dylan Stoner tweeted out something. It's just, it sucks because these guys are putting so much time. They're already delayed a little bit. They're already not able to play non-conference games. Um, or I guess this is their non-conference game for Oklahoma state for Tulsa and Tulsa, but they're not, they're already cut back a few games. And so to just delay it one more week is just like, it's almost like, well, will we get this game in? Are we going to get this game in? Are we going to even like, if that got delayed, is the next one going to get delayed? Are we going to have to start cutting games out of our season? And instead of playing a 10 game season, we're now playing an eight or a seven game season. Uh, it just kind of sucks. And and we'll have to see where it goes, obviously over the next week and a half, two weeks until we get to that September 9th date. And if, uh, if they play or not. Yeah, this actually, uh, I don't know if this is uh, an ominous like thing for the big 12, but that's now the second big 12 game. Is it? What was the other one? Uh, the other one was TCU SMU. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, TCU so didn't that's have a uh, second big 12 enough. game canceled or postponed, if you will. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I saw, you know, someone on Twitter said, you know, I'm not going to get into this because of how the, you know, whole NBA thing went the first time around in Oklahoma City, how it just basically just one person tests positive and the whole thing shut down. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll see what we'll happens. Into, yeah. When we get later in the week, we'll get into it too, a little bit later in the show um, on college football. We'll be talking yeah. about that uh, in the later segments, but SMU actually had their first game, which we'll get into later. Uh, but other than that, since last week, OKC Thunder, they got bounced. They lost game seven, unfortunately. It was a heartbreaking a, it was, game. It was seven. a heartbreaking. It was a very close game. Heartbreaking for Thunder fans. Um, very pins and needles for Rockets fans. And they obviously moved on. They're facing the Lakers right now. I think they're heading into game three Tuesday night tonight. Um, and and yeah, it's a heartbreaking loss for OKC. They, they really weren't supposed to be there. Uh, so it's not like, it's not the biggest disappointment, but it is like, this season was, you know, not Cinderella-esque, but they had a 0.8% chance to even make the playoffs heading into the regular season when it first started. And then they made the playoffs in the bubble and continue, had a great series against the Rockets and and, and pushed to game seven right down to the last few seconds they went. And uh, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, and this was the furthest they've made it into the in the playoffs since Kevin Durant was on the team. Uh, so is people around here just really, I think, fell in love with this team, uh, not realizing that they were going to, uh, at the start of the season, you know, people were, you know, trade Chris Paul, you know, all, all those things, but now, or even release him. Yeah. Release him. Uh, now 
everyone is just in love with Chris Paul and everything like that. So uh, it's just kind of interesting how this whole entire season went. Uh, and, and, the, and the mood and the vibe just almost flip-flopped yeah. throughout the season. As And obviously when they hit the break and went into the bubble, uh, there was there was some hope because of how the bubble was set up yeah. that they could make that playoff push. And, and they did a little bit. But like you said, it's the first time since th- uh, Kevin Durant, since they went that far. And, and with Chris Paul and the season being over, um, this might like, like Jake said last week, Jacob said last week, at some point they're going to have to start losing. Um, not necessarily tanking, but you can't you, with the, with the plethora of draft picks that they have and young talent, you can't just be a middle of the road team for five, six years while you have all those potential picks, because you're going to not saying you can't get a great talent at the 10 to 15 to 20 range in the draft, but you're more likely to get a a very impactful player, especially since they have so many high draft picks, potentially high draft picks um, available. They just, they can't really miss out on those opportunities. And if you keep winning, uh, you know, really all you are is the Orlando Magic. And, yeah, and yeah, exactly. Just of the West. Uh, you know, the Orlando's always seems to be just like right there. And lately, Brooklyn. Yeah. Brooklyn's always been just right there hanging yeah. around. Uh, um, for a couple of years, it was Charlotte. So yeah, yeah so, I agree. They they gotta they gotta kind of lose a little bit. They're gonna have to trade some players, let some players go. I think Gallo might be potentially leaving. He posted a a thank you to OKC. What were thoughts on that actually? Because usually when players do that, it is a sign of them parting ways with the city they're in or whatever. I know he wasn't here very long, but yeah, I mean he's only here for a season. It's kind of one of those things you expect. He's a free agent uh, now. Uh, just I've heard some maybe you know things on the radio around here and stuff like that. Uh, maybe like a, a sign and trade. Type yeah. Of I've deal. been hearing sign and trade too. Um, I, I, the team I've been hearing is Philly, which would yeah. kind of make sense. Philly needs another shooter. Uh, they need someone that can be on the edge. You know, yeah. Ben Simmons can't really shoot a three. And if he could boy, watch out because <laughs> that team, he would be lethal, but Philly would actually turn lethal because right now they just don't have too many shooters. Yeah. But I think best case scenario with him is just sign and trade. Yeah, uh, I I think he's gone. And I, bring up some more picks, maybe get a couple young yeah. young talent pieces. And, and see and what at pays this point, out. like, why 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 would you stay? Uh, yeah, this team is fun and stuff like that, but the their limit is the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, and Gallo's uh, in his you know later parts of his career, yeah. ma- middle parts to later parts of his career. He's probably you know obviously chasing that ring, chasing. He wants to be that you know sixth man that or whatever. He probably won't be a starter on a, another contender team but i could see him playing a being a role player and being a very impactful role player coming off the bench and providing a lot of points a lot of uh sure, a lot yeah. of offense for whatever team but going around the league in the nba we'll get we'll touch on it a little bit and then move on in the second segment to uh some more of it but what do you think of the miami milwaukee game and series in general Man, miami I, was up three nothing and milwaukee I, uh, saved it i i really uh <laughs> i really like miami honestly uh, they are what a threat. I've, yeah, what I've seen from them, like it's in the playoffs so far. I really like Miami. I think, I think they might be the team to come out of the the East. I actually do too, because right now the Boston Toronto, you know, when the when the playoffs started, everyone Toronto looked amazing. They they looked great. They obviously they swept the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I think it was right. They or was it Boston that swept them? Either way, Toronto I think swept or or dropped one game. They looked great going into this series, but then they dropped the first two games against Boston. And then they came back with those two games. They dropped the game last and night, yeah, Monday night. Ugly one Monday uh, night. So Boston's up three two. Both those teams just see like seem like they're really good, but Miami is just hitting everything. They're just on fire in every aspect. Jimmy Buckets is is leading that team very well. Uh, Tyler Erbo, I th- hero hero hero. Yeah. Uh, he's doing great, and for only being twenty, I think yeah. he's only twenty in and, a rookie. And so that's crazy. Eric, Coach Eric Spolstra has given him the reins at point guard at, at guard to take the ball and just really just you know manage the game, and he's doing really good at it. I mean, he came out of Kentucky, right? Yeah, he was a t- Kentucky guy. I mean, dude, I, I'm not the biggest Kentucky fan, but that's a product <laughs> right there. Oh yeah, um, and it was kind of like he was in the middle of the first round. Yep. Uh, and so it's a, a very good pick by uh, Miami. And he's developing real quick. Like I said, he's only twenty. So him out of Boston, you got Jason Tatum. He's only nineteen. He's doing great too for only being, you know, under twenty. I yeah. mean, I can't believe how good some of these players are at such a young age, and and they're so. 
not just talented, but they they get it. They understand. They're they're very knowledgeable about the game. It's interesting to see. I think, like you said, though, I think Miami's gonna put put Milwaukee away. It's kind of it's gonna be kind of hard. It's hard to come back three down three nothing. A gentleman yeah. sweep is is a really hard thing to do. They they saved themselves in that one in game four just to be able to push it, you know, push the series along a little farther. But I think Miami takes that tonight they actually play. Yeah, and uh I haven't heard any word if Giannis is gonna even play or not. Yeah, so Giannis tonight. rolled his ankle or he twisted or something and, yeah. and it's a little bit more serious. But I mean if you're Milwaukee, well one thing there's rumors about him leaving. Yeah. But if you're Milwaukee and and you really have the intention of signing him to a long term deal, do you risk him playing and getting further injured and maybe even risking the next his whole next season? Do you uh, risk that, or do you just say, you know, this this bubble season's a wash. We're down three one. Sit them. If we win, we win. If not, you know, let's get everyone healthy. Let's re-sign everyone. Let's bring in a couple more pieces and make the push for that next full season that they play. Which I don't know how the next season is even going to work out. I don't think yeah. anyone does yet. They're just, they just want to get this season done with or, you know, continue it. But they just want to focus on this season right now. Yeah. And I think if you're Milwaukee, it just depends how bad you want a championship. Yeah, um, that's true. And if you think you have the team to come back from a 3-1 deficit <laughs> against Miami to do it, you know. Well, I mean, with if you think you can do it without Giannis, try it, I think. But yeah. if you think you can't do it without him and you want to then you got to play him. And obviously you would play him if he gets cleared to play. He's not going to yeah. play if he can't get cleared, which but. I think unless it's a very severe injury, I think he'll probably play. It's it's yeah. I think, I think he'll play too, but I just don't, they haven't really been able to uh, control Miami and control that whole squad. Not just Jimmy Butler, but that whole squad down there in Miami is, is so good. Yeah. So good. Uh, but that'll cover it for the first segment. Be sure to stick around after this break. We'll be back. You're listening to the sports show on 99.3 U Central Radio. Hello and welcome back to the sports show here on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Uh, Chris, I was looking through Twitter during our uh, break and noticed that Sergi Baca is listed as questionable for tonight's game. Really? Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to be huge because right now I don't think Toronto matches up well with um, with Boston's big guys. I think Boston's big guys are good enough to just really handle, especially if Baca's out, really just handle Toronto down low. Yeah. And they're shooting better. Boston is shooting better from the outside uh, areas, especially the three. Toronto's just not matched up well against Boston. I think our producer, Brady Gray, during the break was also telling me that Toronto was undefeated in the in the regular season of the bubble. Yeah. And then the only teams they lost to in the regular season <laughs> was, was Boston. Boston. Yeah. And now they're, they're struggling against them uh, in the playoff series right now. So it's not a surprise. So it's yeah. not a surprise. Obviously, they just don't match up well with them. They just, It's just a bad matchup for Toronto. Uh, I think if they would have got someone like Philly or just really any other team, not Boston, from the East, they would have they would have been doing a little bit better because Toronto is a really good team. Um, obviously, they, they were pretty much undefeated in the regular season of the bubble. Well, yeah, and then moving on from that, with with Baca being out, uh, L.A. Lakers and Houston, they're tied up one one. Uh, personally, I figured that that series would go six games with L.A. winning, the Lakers winning in six, uh, being like three or uh, four to two. Yeah, but I didn't think they'd drop that first game. That first game was huge for them to drop. Uh, I figured it would have been like game three that they dropped. So having it be tied up is pretty interesting. Uh, in terms of how the Lakers are going to go forward, how LeBron is going to really, is he going to turn on his playoff mode, which I think he will, because can't lose that first game, you yeah. know, like, like they did. And if you're a Houston fan, winning that first game, the way that they won that first game is probably something that you're, you're very happy about after seeing that, how the, they closed out that OKC yeah, series. Exactly. So I, I think, uh, Houston is going to have to be on one to really to really handle L.A. going forward in the series. And and having them drop that first game, L.A., I think that might even be a motivation for LeBron and, and really A.D. and that whole squad to turn it up and just really close it out in, in the next four games um, with, with them closing out in game five. But I, th- I still think he'll probably go game six just because it's hard. It, it is hard to, you know, not just sweep. But it's hard to even win in five games. Yeah. So I, I think it'll go six. Uh, we had the Denver Nuggets and Lakers or uh, Clippers game last night as well. So that series is at. Uh, let's see here. 
Go ahead, Preston. Uh, yeah, I, I was watching that one in between watching some college football last night, and it seemed like a, a very nice back-and-forth game. Yeah, the Clippers um, ended up winning last night, yeah. and so they're up 2-1 on that series. Um, I think that series actually could be pretty good. Denver matches up pretty well with them, uh, especially down low with Jokic. I think he's pretty good. Um, but Clippers themselves haven't really, really been playing too great. You know, they, they, they dropped a couple huge games against Dallas that they probably shouldn't have. And they just had bad games from, from Kawhi and Kawhi actually had one game. I think it was game one against Denver where he only had 13 points which is why they lost. Yeah, I think uh, the Clippers and the Rockets both probably had the hardest road to, uh, you know, getting to the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. Uh, Just Rockets having to play OKC and then Clippers having to play Luka and the the Mavs. That's two tough teams And then Denver coming off a huge emotional series against Utah. They were down 3-1 and came back. Exactly. So they're they're on a roll. They're they're feeling themselves. They're, They're gelling real well together. Denver's a good team. Jamal Murray so, is is, yeah. is really motivated. He's eager. He's hungry for these uh, these wins and and to show that he can do it. So like to to be on a roll like that, and then for clip the clip the Clippers to get matched up with them. I mean, right after the series, like you said against Dallas, a tough series. They did battle them, even though they won uh, four to two that series. It was a battle. Those games that they lost, yeah. even a few games that they won, was were, were battles. Um, coming right down to it. So it'll be interesting to see how the West plays out. I do think the Lakers will move on to the finals of the Western Conference and also just the finals in the NBA. I think they're they're the outright team to beat. Probably, yeah. yeah they have they drop a couple games, but but when they're on, they're on, and and they're they're just probably unbeatable. Yeah, I think Lakers, Miami, probably in the finals. That's actually a solid prediction. You know, I'm actually going to go with you on that. I think it will be Lakers, Miami. They're pretty. I mean, Miami. We've already mentioned. Yeah, so they're, that, they're I the think team those are the, the two best teams currently in in the bubble and all that. Uh, so I think it's only right that they make it to the to the finals. Yeah, and so there's not there's not much left. It's it, we're coming down to the final stretches of uh of NBA playoff. You know, after this series is over, it's it's some it's going to be some big boy series. Yeah. It's going to be the finals. It's going to be grinding time. It's going to be hungry eating time. You know, these guys are the the teams that make it to this far, and especially after this round. If you make it after this round. You've gone this far. You want it all. You yeah. want it all. And you're, especially you're not looking with, to go home anymore. Yeah. Especially with how the whole seasons went down. Exactly. Having that big break in between, like getting to this point in the season is probably where they, at, at first, you know, when the playoffs started, they might've been like, eh. I think the teams that got bounced from the first round were like, kind of like, all right, whatever. It's the first yeah. round, like whatever this series, this season wasn't really a thing. Uh, but once you get into this, this, the second round that they're in right now, and then the teams that come out of the second round going into the third. Well, you've been around now. You, you, there's no point. You don't want to go home yeah. because you've already gone this far. It's it's worth it to keep going, and they're going to be eager. They're going to be eating out there. They're going to be dropping buckets. I think it's going to be a great uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals series. For sure, Whoever yeah. the teams are, really. But yeah. but I just think the, the teams that make it that far, they're going to produce a really, really, a really great finals uh, matchup. And so moving on from there, we had uh, an interesting sporting event. You know, since this whole coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 pandemic has been going on, things have been shuffled around, I will, if you will. They've been put on hold. They've been pushed back, sporting events, um, if you will. The Kentucky Derby is usually in the spring, as well yep. as the Masters. Um, they both got pushed back to the fall. Kentucky Derby just happened this past weekend. And it was just an interesting sight, you know? I mean, you, I don't think it's ever been pushed to the fall. So it's something that you don't, you have never seen before. And if it has, I, I don't know. Uh, it hasn't happened in a long time. And so it's just an interesting sight to see. It's different. It's a unique visual. Uh, I don't think they'll continue doing it in the fall. Yeah. But what, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, it's just interesting because, you know, the Kentucky Derby is kind of famous for like having all the people in the middle of the the track there partying and all that. And then, you know, you see all the pictures on social media, the hats and, you know, all the celebrities that are there gambling. And it's springtime. It's green. Yeah. It's, and it still is green out there, but it's just different. It's not like yeah. as fresh as in the spring. It's that first bloom, that first... Uh, fresh of fresh air, summer air. And, and that's kind of going to be the feeling that the masters is going to have as well, because in yeah. the spring, you know, the grass is nice and beautiful green. Yeah. But that's even further yeah. in the fall. It's in November. Yeah. So then the so, fall colors will really be in full force and around that time. And what's going to suck is if we have, you know, dead grass <laughs> at Augusta or 
Well, I, and I doubt that's going to happen. I doubt that'll happen too. And actually, uh, Adrian can give us some um, our our third chair. Adrian can give us some perspective because you're actually from Georgia, right? That is right, my home state, born and raised. So, so in the fall, what do you think? I mean, what do you think the Masters is going to look like in Georgia in the fall? Obviously, it'll still be very pristine. It's 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 not like they're not going to keep yeah. upkeep it, yeah. but it will be a different scenery. It'll be different colors. It'll be a different vibe. It'll be a fall Masters classic. It's going to be. One of the things I can say about Georgia, especially because Augusta is right above Macon going up the north of Georgia, you're going to see different colors of fall that, no offense, most places in Oklahoma you won't see. <laughs> it's going to be very beautiful, but it's also going to be to the point, it's going to be in November, right? It's yep. going to be getting cold. So I think about some of the older athletes like, how are those bones going to take to the cold when it comes to swinging <laughs> wow, that golf that's club? That's a good, unique perspective. I didn't think about that. So you're saying Tiger, not back-to-back. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh. Look, look he, he's already having he, back problems. Yeah, but he yeah. had a fusion. So yeah, he, sure, he had yeah. fusions. He's good to go. Yeah, but those joints, you know, you get up in age, that arthritis kicks in. And, and, when, and when it gets cold out, it might actually affect. You know, I actually didn't even think of that, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't think of that consideration. Even though it is George, it's in the south. It's yeah. still a cooler, yeah. cooler atmosphere, cooler yeah. weather than in the spring where it's like, you know, most of the time. It's, I mean, obviously, if you get a morning tea time, it's going to be a little chilly. But yeah. Once you're in the middle of the day, it's probably going to be pretty warm out. And, but uh, in the fall, it, it could be it could continue to stay cool throughout the day. You got to play through that. It's going to be different. They never played yeah. that course. It's a tough course to begin with, yeah. let alone having it be cold in a different different environment that you're just not used to each year. And one thing I can say about Georgia, all those mornings getting them going to school, there's going to be a lot of dew on that ground. Oh yeah. So you're going to have to. Just, even a short putt, you're going to have to put a little bit more umph yeah. on that shot, and it. Just a little bit too much, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think when you when we look back on the year of 2020, in just in the sports realm, I guess I don't really want to get outside of the sports realm. When we look back on the sports year of 2020, it's going to be interesting because we've been able to try so many. They've been able to try so many different things in terms of the NBA doing a bubble, the Masters in Kentucky being in the fall. How does yeah. these things play out? Baseball doing a 60 game season. It's a sprint to the finish. How is it going to? How are we going to look back on it? When when a couple of years goes by and we're back to hopefully back to normal in the sports world of in terms of scheduling, it's a rare occurrence. We're not going to we're going to be like, wow, it was interesting to see the Masters be played in the fall. It was so different, it, the, like the visuals that are going to come out of it, the videos, just the atmosphere, the environment, the content. It's going to be pretty interesting to look back just across the sports world in general. Uh, we've already seen it in college football that has been kicking off uh, in the last couple couple days. Really, they've been playing couple yeah. games here and there for the last since uh, Saturday and even some college football games. It just looks different. It's there's no fans. Navy BYU played on Monday night. It was different. There was no fans in the stadium. The only fans were like a few uh, admirals in the stand stands. And that was it. And they were very far apart, like one on yeah. like each corner of the, the uh, stadium. And we so even saw uh, in the MLB the other day, uh, I believe it was Joe West through the Nationals GM out of the stadium. Really? Because he wasn't wearing a mask. I did not see that. That's yeah. actually funny that it was Joe West. Yeah. Joe West <laughs> is the, the umpire. The field. Yeah. Joe West is the umpire to do something yeah. like that. I mean, we're, we're actually going to get into it in the MLB talk here after this next break. You're listening to the sports show on U Central Radio 99.3. Welcome back here to the sports show on 99.3 U Central Radio. I'm Preston Poole alongside Chris Baker. Chris, during the break, we were actually getting into a little MLB. And uh, I know you said you didn't want to talk about it, but how about them Bronx Bombers? The Yankees are, they're <laughs> slumping, man. They are just not playing good right now. Yep. You know, they started out the first handful, you know, first 20, 25 games of the season real hot. They were probably one of the best teams in baseball. I think at one point they were 18 and nine, something like that. Uh, and since then, they've just been slumping. I think they're a middle of the American League team. They, yeah. I, I don't even know. They're third in the uh, American League. Six East. and a half back of Tampa, uh, Bay. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the second best team in the league right yeah. now. 
They've barely lost, over uh, San Diego. The Yankees have lost four in a row, so not looking too good there. They're not looking New good. And in, in one inning, I think it was the seventh inning or sixth inning, they let up ten runs. I mean, you just can't do that. It's it's a sixty game uh, sprint to the to the playoffs. Yeah. To and and the World Series playoffs, you just can't be you can't be losing. <laughs> to be fair, like though, uh, I do believe that two teams from each division are going to make the playoffs this year. So oh, yeah. all they have to do is get into second place to make the playoffs, yeah, which they're only two, two, uh, two back of Toronto. Yeah. And, and it's, it's still gonna be hard though. Those teams are on fire. Uh, Tampa Bay, especially they're, they're been, they've been playing real good. Uh, San Diego's playing real good. Yep. They actually just picked up a pitcher from Cleveland. I think his name is Clevenger or Clevenger. Yeah, Mike Clevenger. Um, yeah. He, he's actually a real good pitcher. He's, he's hot on the mound. Yeah, I think the, uh, that's a huge pickup. The for them. Padres won the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, they, absolutely. They got so much better on the trade deadline. It's I mean, crazy. That alone, that pitcher yeah. alone. I know that one pitcher can't change the world, but it's gr- it's always great to have solid pitching in your rotation, especially if you can bump a guy down to the bullpen come playoffs. Because yeah. having having guys in the bullpen is huge. You always want to be able to use your bullpen uh, if you need to, and you don't want guys that you can't rely on. Because if you don't have that, you're not going to get far in the playoffs. I don't think. Um, but yes. Yeah, Yes, yeah, San Baseball. Diego's won the third most games in the MLB, and they're still second in their division. That's <laughs> crazy. Because they've got the Dodgers at thirty wins. Yeah, and- the Dodgers are the Dodgers are on fire. They're probably the best. I mean, obviously record wise, uh, they're the best. But like, they are probably they're stacked. They're it's the crazy. most stacked yeah. team in in the in the league. Uh, you would think Yankees should be up there too, but they are just slumping. I think they're dealing. They were dealing with a little bit of injuries. Uh, some of those guys just can't stay healthy, and and you just can't have that. Like I said, it's a sixty game sprint for the regular season. This MLB regular season, quote unquote. Uh, you can't. You you got to win every game counts, especially now. They're over halfway through the seat the regular yeah. season. You gotta you gotta win every game. You gotta win every game, uh, and go and make that playoff push. But moving on from there. We'll get right into some college football. We've touched on it a little bit throughout this uh, this episode this week. SMU played T- or uh, they played uh, Texas State, Texas State, and that was actually a really good game. SMU ended up winning that by seven. Yeah, 34, I, 20, honestly, that should have been like a that, that should have been a blowout uh, by SMU, uh, just because SMU has it, they're a pretty decent team. Yeah, uh, honestly, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what their problem was uh, this weekend. I mean. Not just them, but most of the games, speaking of blowouts, most of the games are blowouts. I mean, you had 49 nothing, you had 37 nothing, you had 51 20. I mean, you had games that just were just complete blowouts. And I you believe, know what? To uh, be fair, the first few games of most college football seasons are exactly like that. So it actually isn't even that surprising. <laughs> yeah, I think Army won their game, what, 42 or 45? 43 nothing. 43 nothing, and their quarterback through four passes. So <laughs> I mean, those, those military teams are just a different breed. And uh, this year, Navy is a different breed. Yeah. They got swamped by BYU Monday night, last night. And that was just an abysmal playing from them. I think I, I heard the uh, broadcasters mention that last year, they didn't throw a single pass. Yeah. And so I don't think they threw a single pass last night either. No, yeah. And uh I kind of actually like that BYU team. At least their quarterback for sure. He's they're, actually that he's team actually a decent is huge, quarterback. But I will say their their biggest downfall is they just lost their number one receiver uh last week or two uh, just a couple weeks ago. They lost their number one receiver. He uh tore his Achilles and he had uh-huh. to have surgery. So they're number one, and he was one of the top receivers in the country, actually. He he had he had insane numbers. So it is hard to lose a player like that. Yeah. But they still look good. Obviously, I don't know. It's always hard to tell when these games are blown uh their blowouts because it's hard to tell is one team really good or is the other team just that really bad. The first game of the season. It's the first game of the season. Short uh training camp. Short this training, year. short practice. And and with the military teams, I don't know how their situation is, especially with those guys being in the academy. Um, I don't know what their practice schedules are like with everything else going on. They still have other duties to maintain. Yeah. Uh, so that could play a factor. I'm not saying it was. Nonetheless, that's an abysmal showing by them. You cannot get blown out like that and, and call yourself a good team. You just can't. But uh, going into more college football, we actually got most, not most, but we got a lot of big games coming up this weekend. We got Syracuse, UNC. We got Iowa State and Louisiana. Louisiana. I mean, uh, there's just a lot of good games yeah. this weekend. I actually really like that Iowa State, uh, Louisiana game. We'll get into that later on, though. Um, but yeah, it's Big 12, ACC kicking off. I believe SEC is next weekend. Uh, so really, just about any big college football program that's going to be playing this fall 
potentially, <laughs> uh, we'll be playing this next two weeks. And so we're getting it, finally getting into some football um, here in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, we got Florida State, Georgia Tech, they're playing. That's obviously ACC. Oklahoma plays Missouri State. And, and and Texas plays UTEP. I think Texas will obviously, that'll be an abysmal game yeah. by UTEP. Texas probably blow them out. But uh, my I actually think the most interesting two games, really, and it's more like what Vegas has them at, uh, the Syracuse-UNC game, they got UNC up. They got them favored by 22 points. I actually think that's disrespectful. Uh, I am from upstate New York, so Syracuse is kind of a hometown team to me. Yeah. But Syracuse is actually a really good team. They got some guys that are coming in and, re- and also returning that I think they actually are going to be better with all things considering they're going to be better than they, they're projected. Uh, obviously this first game, they're, they're, they're talking, they're a 22 point. Yeah, I saw that I don't line think that's, and I, was, I don't think that's yeah, right. They're I saw that line that. and I was a little confused um, as well. So. But the other game that was actually really interesting was the Iowa state, Louisiana game, Iowa state. I think, uh, I think we touched on it last week. Brock Purdy's a very good quarterback and that Iowa state seems very good. I think yeah. they're, um, the third or they're the fourth favorited team to win the big 12 right now. I think they're sitting at 10 to one. And I think that that would be a pretty interesting t- pick or take, you know, whatever you will, because it, Iowa state is low key kind of like, you know, they're sneaky. They can, they, if they squeeze out the right game here in the season, here or there in the season, I think they could uh, be pretty lethal in terms of battling for that big 12 uh, title. Yeah, and like we talked about last week, uh, Matt Campbell is an outstanding coach there at Iowa yeah. State. Uh, since he's got there, he's got the the program in the right direction. Brock Purdy, um, it's been nothing but lights out, and maybe a little bit not the end of last season, but he's been lights out otherwise up there at Iowa State. Uh, he sure gave Oklahoma a run uh, last season. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think Iowa State is probably the, one of the sleeper teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, I think they're the biggest sleeper team because I think right now, if 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 you were to look around that league, the Big Twelve, I think it's OU, and then like both Oklahoma State and Texas being like, oh, they could do it, they could do it, and then and then you got Iowa State being like, ooh, they yeah, they Iowa might State be able and Baylor sitting there, kind of like yeah, potentially sleepers in the conference, but yeah, like you said, I think Oklahoma is a tier or two ahead of uh, <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma state as far as just they've, yeah, they've shown it and uh, not saying that Oklahoma state well, and Texas can't do it. They, obviously they can, they're contenders in uh, the big for the big 12 title. I think it was uh, just after we did our show last Tuesday that uh, OSU had breaking news or OU had breaking news. They had breaking news. Spencer Rattler started. Oh yeah. Spencer starting Rattler quarterback. starting That's quarterback. A, that was there, breaking yeah. news. I was actually taken aback by that. That was pretty surprising. <laughs> the, uh, uh, no. the worst kept secret in the state yeah, of Oklahoma. Real. I mean, no one, <laughs> no one was thinking anyone else was going to be quarterback. I, I think like everyone's been saying, that's going to be, that's it's turned into a quarterback from a quarterback factory to, to now a quarterback building team. Yeah. They've gone from having a different quarterback every year for the last three years. Um, and, and now, now they got a quarterback that they can really develop over the next three years. Yeah. And, uh, I think probably if everything turns out the way that it's going to, he'll be here for what, two years and be in the NFL. So, uh, well, I guess three years since he registered yeah. last year, but, um, yeah, I think if you're a quarterback and you can be in Lincoln Riley's system for at least two years and then learn the offense, uh, you're good to go. I mean, Kyler Murray sat two years, came in and won the won the Heisman. Um, so having a full year to sit behind a Jalen Hurts and learn from Jalen Hurts maybe help you mature a little bit um, and understand college football uh, because Jalen Hurts has been around the block in college football. Yeah, so it, that, obviously if you want to learn from someone, that's kind of who you want to learn from. Yeah. It's a very good, uh, very, very good mentor to have in front of you. Uh, it's not like he was battling him for anything. It's, yeah. He didn't have to rival him. It was more of a very good learning curve. Obviously Jalen Hurts has been to a national title. He's been at, he was at Bama for two years, three years, and, and just had a lot of experience there. Whenever you are at Bama, you have, you, you gain experience that you really can't get too many other, like many other places, just a handful yeah. of uh, schools and so college like football. Top, like five, maybe top 10, like teams in college football is where you can get that kind yeah. of experience. That real, real, real yeah. in-depth, like high, high level experience. Those, that coaching, you know, you obviously have good coaches at lower, lower uh, tiered teams, but those top few teams that have, always have good quarterbacks, always are producing talent, 
especially when they, you have talent that leaves because you have too me- you have too much talent. Yeah. When you're at a school like that, you, it's usually pretty good to uh, when when a te- when a quarterback transfers out of there, those guys that sit behind them, you're usually going to get some pretty good uh, pretty good insight into what yeah. to do going forward in your own career. But go but going into the next segment, we'll talk some more college football. We'll talk NFL. You're listening to the Sports Show on U Central Radio 99.3. Welcome on back to the sports show. I'm Chris Baker alongside Preston Poole. We got a little bit more NFL talk. We're going to dive deep into the NFL. There's a lot that's been happening since last week. Last week, I mentioned a lot about Leonard Fournette and how I didn't think he was that great, but he needed to go somewhere. And right after the show, just about actually the day after the show last Wednesday, he announced or they announced that he signed with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I said he needed a little bit more, a little bit more motivation. You know, I said that players in their first team out of in their rookie uh, contract, sometimes they just don't gel well with their location, with the team, with the uh, coaches, or whatever the whatever the case may be. But that when they go to that new place, they really thrive. And I don't think that there's a better place for Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and what a ride just going from Jacksonville, Florida. To Tampa Bay, Florida. That moving <laughs> that moving expense is going to be cheap. It's going to be very. I mean, will he move? Does he even need to? Uh, he probably will. But I think that that's like the best place to go to. I mean, yeah. you got obviously a stacked team in, and they got on the offense there. They got insane weapons. Obviously, Tom yeah, Brady. You've got uh, Tom Brady, and you've got a good coach, Bruce Arians. Oh there. yeah. Um, um, the offensive line, I'm sure the, the offensive, offensive line is pretty good, but it's really the, uh, ta- the, uh, you know, specialized positions where yeah. the weapons, where you got Mike Evans, you got Rob Gronkowski, and you got now got Leonard Fournette in the backfield. And they field. have, uh, Godwin too there. Yep. Godwin, Marquise Godwin. And so it's, it's, it's an interesting signing for them. They, I, I heard they basically got him for nothing because of the way the contract situation was. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he, Gels there. I think uh, Tom Brady is probably the best place for him. If he needed that like motivation and, and that guidance, I think Tom Brady, there was two places that now I think about it. There's two places that he would really thrive in for sure. I think for, I think you can almost say for sure is Tampa Bay and New England. Yeah. yeah. I think those are the two places that you are for sure going to thrive in. You just, when you're around people that produce that demand excellence, like Tom Brady and Bill, Pel- Bill Belichick do, I think you just are almost guaranteed to succeed. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Fournette plays out and down in Tampa. But then we got a couple other big signings and, and releases, if you will. Uh, Adrian Peterson got released by Washington football team. Which was kind of surprising. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, just because really, I mean, who do they have at, at running back <laughs> at the moment? Obviously, they saw something in camp that, you know, we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean... As far as I know, Adrian Peterson hasn't slowed down, you know, in the recent years. That might be a little bit of a bias commodity, but (laughs) I actually kind of agree. You know, he kind of had a little bit of a resurgency. Uh, He's been producing pretty good numbers for for having having been on the tail end of his career, or at least the tail end of his prime career. Yeah. Um, So he actually signed up. He signed up there in uh, Detroit with the Lions. So that's actually a pretty good uh, signing for them, I think. Matthew Stafford hasn't ever really had that big name running back that, you know, I don't think the lions have had that running back since Barry Sanders though. So <sighs> that's, that's, good, yeah, been that's a long time. Right. That's a long time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays up there. I, I still just don't see Detroit doing much. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll probably get it. I might as well just get into it. I think, uh, I think Chicago is going to be the team to beat out there. I think the Vikings are going to take a turn. Uh, for the worst, not for the worst, but yeah, with Kirk Cousins up there. And yeah, his, I think they're going to uh, take a downfall. If I turn. die, I die. Because <laughs> I think right this season is very important to the Bears, specifically for Mitch Trubisky. I think this is a make or break year for him. If he doesn't have a good year, I think it could be the downfall of his career. Whether, whether he goes into the backup role or he just gets uh, completely banished from the NFL. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't want to see anyone lose their job, but. This is going to be a make or break. He has to have a high producing season, show that he has that talent there, that he can produce, that he can make the plays. Uh, so I think he's, and I think he's going to, yeah. I think he's actually going to. He sure uh, they got to. some pieces around there that should, should be able to help him. And so it's really now on him. And obviously the coach up there, Matt Nagy, he, he, they really need to start gelling and making the right calls. Cause last year, Matt Nagy had a lot of bad calls, a lot of bad uh, decision-making up there, timing, timeouts, all the, the whole nine yards. So now if they can both get their stuff together, 
figure it out on the coach's end and Trubisky figuring it out in the pocket behind center. I think it, I think they're the team to beat in that that division. And those two kind of they have to figure it out this year. If not, yeah, they're, they're both, probably both gone. They'll honestly. both be unemployed looking for a job. So yeah. So I mean, and, and then, I'm interested to see uh, you know year two of Green Bay and with their coach up there to see kind of yeah, and uh, also with Jordan Love. I mean, yeah. they drafted Jordan Love. How's that going to be? Are they if they have if if Aaron Rodgers goes out there the first six weeks and has terrible games, maybe let's just even say the first five weeks, terrible games. I mean, they have a court, they drafted a quarterback high for a reason. They're at some point going to use them. And so do they, do they jump the gun and go quick to him and just give it a shot? Or do they stick with Aaron Rodgers? If, and I'm saying if he has a bad first few games, I think it could be possible because that coach and, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, as of rumors last year, they just didn't get along. Yeah, And so, that that is going to play a factor. If he has bad games, that coach could be like, "Hey, we need to revive this team, try something different. Let's give him a shot. Throw Jordan Love in there. What if he has a great four games and then they just stick with him?" Honestly, I think now you say that I'm kind of rooting for that just to see what does. <laughs> yeah, happen it would be there. interesting because <laughs> it would it would almost force the hand of the Packers to look into the options of trading Aaron Rodgers, and then that really throws a wrench into the league because whoever gets him, I mean, that throws the whole dynamic yeah. off. Does he go to a team that? has a starting quarterback already, but this obviously is a better option with Aaron Rodgers. And and then they pull him and put him in there and then yeah. put that, that, you know, young talent on the back burner once again, or does he go to a team that doesn't have anyone? I can't really think of a team that doesn't have anyone. Maybe the the Browns with I'd Baker Mayfield chargers chargers right now with, with just Justin Rod. They really only got Justin Herbert, right? And, He's not even going to play from what I hear this season. Like it's going to be mainly Tyrod uh, Taylor. Okay. So yeah, that would be a, that, I mean, this is obviously just projecting and speculation, but like that would be an interesting move if that ever came down to it, because then you go there, you get Justin Herbert to sit by behind Aaron Rodgers for a few seasons, maybe. And and that's a very good transition for the Chargers. The Chargers were in the fight for Tom Brady. So it's clear they're looking for, you know, kind of a veteran uh, quarterback since Philip Rivers l- has left. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that could be something that they might take a look at, but I think they're going to roll with Tyrod for the time being. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, and obviously that would, that would be heavy speculation on the, the Packers part. Yeah. That's very <laughs> speculative. Uh, and then moving on to that, that other big signing was J- Jadavian Clowney to the Titans. I mean, it's kind of interesting to see he ended up going up to um, Seattle and finished out the season with Seattle last year. Yeah. But for them to not to hold on to him, he saw something out there in Titans, out there in Tennessee. I think that was just uh, his former coach, Mike Vrabel, is out there. Yeah. Uh, so Very good kind connection. Of, head yeah. coach. He's a great head coach. The players love him. Yeah. He's obviously a player's coach. Um, that's an interesting move. They're going to be a threat. They obviously, they uh, they gave up a, quite a fight last year in the playoffs. Yeah. And... And it'll be interesting to see with a very stacked defense now that you got Jadavian Clowney on the edge. Yeah, and especially if Derrick Henry can reproduce what he had last Absolutely, year. Absolutely, on the offensive um, side. And Absolutely. they can build off, you know, that momentum that they had in the playoffs before they were eventually, you know, beat out by, uh, was it Kansas City? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, they had they had a great team last year, and obviously adding Jadavian Clowney is something that can't hurt uh, too much unless, you know, he's just you know, locker room um, sore there. But yeah, yeah good, good signing. And before this, before this segment, this fourth quarter segment, we actually had some news break too, that uh, there was a signing down in Houston, right? Was Arizona, it? Arizona, Arizona, down yeah. in Arizona. Give us that, the details for that, Brady. Yeah, literally like with a minute left traded. in the third quarter, DeAndre Hopkins signs a, a record two-year, $54.5 million extension. Wow. And that's per um that's a huge contract. Per bleacher report is that who make reported him that highest paid receiver. For those two years it will be. It's actually the um it's the second highest ever non quarterback extension okay. on a year by year salary basis ever, the number one being Aaron Donald. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. So that's pretty I good he company got now over there. Yeah. So that's a huge thing to be able to keep him in there for the next two years for Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray having that huge, huge talent and out there on the they've edge. They've got a nice uh, wide receiver core there in Arizona with yeah, they do. Fitzgerald. Which, uh, crazy that he's still playing. Yeah, Fitz, they have Fitzgerald, you know, Hopkins, and then uh, Christian Kirk down there as well. Oh, yeah. That is a very, very lethal off yeah. and they receiving have, core. Uh, Kenyon Drake is their running back. So they have, they have a pretty decent offense there. 
Uh, if they can just get Kyler Murray some protection. Yeah. And if that defense, they have a decent defense. They've got some players on defense. It's so. going to be interesting to see how this season plays out then for them because I don't. I didn't think they did too bad last year. Obviously, they're a young team, so it was just like they weren't expected to go to the Super yeah. Bowl, but they also weren't expected to be a number one pick team again. I thought they were all right, and obviously, it's just growing pains for Kyler Murray. He's got to get the, the league under his belt because he is a different type of player. It is a different league than college. You can't do the same thing on a week-to-week basis. Those those defenses in the NFL are just too good, too fast. So it'll be interesting to see now that he's got some talent around him and and hopefully they can get him some protection. Um, but those are those are some huge signings. Yeah. Those are huge. The league's going to be interesting. We actually have opening week this week, which is Thursday, yep. which can catch our show on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 to 7 p.m. on U Central Radio 99.3 and also on Spotify. And we'll be heading into this. We got a bonus bonus segment that you can find on our podcast version, which goes out onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I believe, but definitely Spotify. Be sure to check this next segment out uh, on those options only. You listening to the sports show, you know, this is our third week press, and I think yeah. we're doing pretty good. We're going along pretty well. And as we get some more football play here going, football starts up basically this week. So we yeah. got lots of football to talk these next few weeks and actually the next the rest of the season. Hopefully, fingers crossed that teams don't get pushed back. Uh, we, we covered the OSU t- uh, game getting pushed back against Tulsa. We covered some OKC talk with them getting bounced. What do you got left? What, what's left? Oh man, I'm just ready for some football this yeah. week, dude. It's it's finally back. It's one of those things that we've been waiting for. <laughs> it seems like since this whole entire pandemic started, we're just like get to football season. Everything will be okay. Obviously, that's not how it turned out, but we're finally to football season. And uh, Saturday, Saturday, I think we'll have maybe some normalcy brought back to our lives. Yeah, the normalcy uh, will be good to good to watch. It'll be yeah. some very big name schools playing, and obviously NFL as well. It'll be very fun to watch. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, really just on Twitter, actually, at The Bake Is Here. That's at The Bake Is Here, at Preston Pool, P O O L E 405 on Twitter, and at U Central Radio. You're listening to the sports show. I'm your host, Chris Baker, alongside Preston Pool. Thanks for listening. U Central Radio 99.3. Welcome to this new segment that we have here. It's overtime on the sports show. We get into a little bit of uh, sports gambling talk here in overtime. Uh, something that we can't really do on the on the radio here, but uh, yeah, definitely we probably, we probably could, but not so much uh, in terms of like giving out our picks. We just wanted to give an extra segment for those of you that are listening on to the uh, podcast version. Yeah, uh, we wanted to give you guys something a little special because you guys do take the time to get up, go out of your way and listening to it. Um, not on the radio. You guys find it and whatnot on Spotify. Yeah, and we do, so we do appreciate that. Yeah, we do. So we want to give a little bit extra, and that's what this segment is. It's going to be a little overtime talk, and and with this, we're going to be talking some over-unders for the NFL teams this season, the season over-unders. Yeah. We're going to get into some uh, point spreads for some games this upcoming weekend, and then we're going to get into some what our picks are for the for I think it's for the college football and yeah. NFL that we're going to take. Um, but yeah, so pr- real quick, though, give us the... Give us the over-under for the top and bottom teams, uh, Brady. Okay, this is per Sports Illustrated Publish It. It's the NFL-released over-unders for the total. This isn't necessarily Vegas. Some of these might be the same, but this is just per Sports Illustrated. Absolutely. At the top for the highest over-under at 11.5 games, it is a tie between the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that's that's a given. You yeah. know, I, I think... Uh, Maybe not the Ravens. Yeah, I might push on the Ravens, but I'll definitely take that well, over. Well, you can't really push because it's 11 and a half. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, uh, you either got to go with 10, uh, 11 wins <laughs> or 12 wins. You I keep think in Kansas mind, though, City, that the Ravens led the NFL in wins last year. They were the only team with 13 wins last season. I yeah. think the I think the defenses are going to start catching up to the Ravens. I think they're actually going to have to change their game plan a little bit to more of an offensive running-based team because they do have a stacked running core. They got uh, Reggie Bush up there. Not Reggie Bush. Um, They got J.K. Dobbins. They, they got J.K. Dobbins this year in the draft, but they got oh, Mark Ingram. Uh, Mark Ingram, that's what I was Justice thinking. Hill, too, Justice as Hill well. Justice Hill and Mark Ingram. Gus so, Edwards still. 
So they got a huge running core, and I think they're going to have to really focus on that, especially since they're going to have to change up their game plan. Defenses are now ready for Lamar Jackson. I don't think he'll ever truly be ready, but they're as ready as they can be, especially with a full season under their belt playing yeah. against them. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think the Ravens are actually going to go 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five, so I'll take the under on that. But the Kansas City Chiefs, I think they can get to 12 wins, yeah, I would take, and actually probably even 13. I would feel safe betting the... Uh... The over on and obviously Kansas this City. is a very contingent topic because it could you know what if halfway through the season they got to cancel the season yeah that's so true, yeah. obviously if that plays a factor then all bets are out the window yeah <laughs> kind of uh, let's I want to hear about um I know Preston you want to hear about the Chargers but we'll give that a second let's yeah. tell us about the the uh, Bengals yeah. we have Joe Burrow up there he's the number one draft pick coming in he's a rookie and he's hot he's hot up there I think he's hot obviously coming off a record breaking year down in LSU. Uh, I think he can. I think he's going to come out and play pretty good for being a rookie. I don't think he's going to have that rookie slump. You got to keep in mind that their defense was absolutely abysmal yeah, last right. season, but, but they've got Burrow, Mister Ohio, at five and a half wins this season. Five that's and a half? that's tied for the second lowest. The lowest being um, Jacksonville at four and a half. Okay, and see, I I think five and a half might might be a a little a, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I five. I yeah, I, I like that uh, that area that they're in right there. Um, mainly just because it's it's a rookie quarterback factor. Factor, you know, yeah. we, we don't know if he's going to come out here and be uh, great. Like all signs point to, yeah, um, he still has to go out there and do it. So and, and it is a totally different game. Like we were and saying, I saw, I saw videos out of uh, summer camp there of him running for his life of the defensive line. So, uh, um, which they don't even have a great defense yeah. already. So that, that doesn't, that doesn't say much, uh, up there, but yeah, I, I think he personally will have a, all right year. I don't think he's going to have a very abysmal year. Uh, that could be contingent on how the offensive line and, and receiving and running back core play and then play calling. Um, so a yeah, lot of factors he's got a, he's got a thousand yard running back yeah. and Joe Mixon and he's got a thousand yard receiver and AJ green. It's just a fact of, is he going to have time to, Throw the ball to AJ Green, and is Joe Mixon going to have time to make plays there in the backfield to you know evade pressure with that offensive line? Yeah. So go ahead, Brady. Give us a couple more. And, and on that, I'll take Let's the hit, under. I'll yeah, take the under. Yeah, I, I would too. Let's hit some of the local uh, interests. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma-based interests. You've got uh, Dallas Cowboys at nine and a half. They're the highest in the NFC East in their division, highest over under. Um, as far as quarterback locality and everything. The Cleveland Browns are at eight and a half. The Arizona Cardinals, which kind of surprised me, are at six and a half. I would have put them at at least seven, honestly. Yeah, I would take the over on that Cardinals. Yeah, actually, what's sure. your over on, on the I Cardinals? Think, I know I they're, think, in a, they're in a tough division there, but I think still, yeah, they could they could definitely I'm going to take the under on the Browns. I think they've been tricking us for the last couple of years, and and it's just... It's just at what point do you give in? I'm not giving. Year, in. I'm taking the yeah, under on that eight and a half. A third the year there in Cleveland for Baker Mayfield. Pittsburgh's getting Ben Roethlisberger coach, back. Yeah. They're going to be back to normal for the most part. Baltimore is real good, and they're going to be battling. I think. I think the Browns and the Bengals probably they'll battle out for the that last spot. I guess. Yeah. And as for the Cardinals, I think that they'll honestly finish above the Rams, and they are a legitimate contender for a wild card spot yeah. as a three seed in their division. I like honestly. that. I like That's that how too. good the uh, NFC West is. Let's hear the uh, Chargers. I know uh, Preston Chargers, wants to hear about that low, one. Yeah. Chargers for Preston. They are at right at eight, right eight at the NCI. median. <laughs> That's a little higher than I thought it kind of would be there. But, um, I mean, you know, they start the season off. They have the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. So I think the right there starting off, you can start the season there with the win. So um, could I see eight? Yeah, but I'm probably going to say maybe under on, on that one. <laughs> You're going to go under. As a Chargers fan, like, let's be realistic here. They I have, like that. That's, that. They have good job. They have the pieces on offense to do it and the pieces on defense. Yeah. But unfortunately, their best player overall, Derwin James, is out for the season. Um, and they've had some other in injuries on offense like Mike Williams. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's just one of those things where if they put it together, they can, but, uh, I, I don't know. Just 
I don't know how the season's going to play out for the Chargers, basically. Absolutely. And to give myself a little love here, the Raiders, their over-under is at seven and a half. And I'm honestly thinking, I mean, I'm not even trying to be biased. I think you take the over because they were an eight and eight team last year and they did nothing but improve in the offseason. Yeah. And honestly, the Chargers did kind of take a step back with Derwin James being out, losing Phillip Rivers. You have it between Herbert and Tyrod Taylor, and they announced Tyrod Taylor as the starter. Um, that sort of quarterback situation. I think the Raiders legitimately are a second best team in the AFC West. I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Vegas, Denver. It might be hard. I like, uh, those I like, like Denver party. and what they Denver's have. Denver's at seven and a half. They're the same as the Raiders. Okay. And I really like Denver too. I think so it's, the I think Chargers, it's going to be a really close. Wow. They have the Chargers the second, theoretically the second best they're, they're looking at team. all the pieces they made on defense. Yeah. you got Chris Harris Jr., Linval Joseph. They that revamped defense, that yeah. defense. Although they did lose Derwin James, that defense will still probably be pretty salty. Yeah. Well, uh, let's take it on over to Adrian. Adrian, what you got for us? You got a new segment. You got that. This this overtime segment is kind of a, a conglomerate of ideas. Yeah. And we're bringing in Adrian to do our wager or not. Yes. Segment. Wager or not. Just going to be a little small segment, getting some stats from various sports lines uh, let's across the different networks. We're going to start with the NBA. So tonight we have the Heat versus Bucks game five. Elimination games for the Bucks, who even though they're down 3-1, are still favored to win. They have the Bucks with a 65.6 chance and Heat with a 34.4 chance. Now, I think that has to be spread as, on this. I think they have to be assuming that Giannis is going to play for the Bucks on that one because uh, if Giannis doesn't play, then I, I think that's just a, a given that the Heat are going to win that one. I mean, the Heat have just been. Pretty pretty good during this this series. Right uh, now, the the Heat are actually favored by four points to win the game, okay. as as according to ESPN. Miami Heat minus four. Uh, I'll take that. I think the Heat are going to close it out. I don't I don't think Jimmy Buckets wants to play these guys anymore. I yeah, think he wants no. a little bit of a break before they go into that Eastern Conference Finals. I think Buckets has a huge game. Uh, Tyler Hero has a has a huge game, and I think they close out this series at yeah. minus four. Yeah, I'm, I see Goran Dragic yeah. having another good game. Yeah, him as well. Him another well. low key storyline to that is Bam Adebayo, a finalist for the Most Improved Player. He has been playing crazy he good. Yeah, I forgot about he's him. Been he's been buckets. on fire. That whole team, really. I yeah, mean, Miami we said it earlier is, yeah. in our earlier segment. That whole Miami team. They're just hitting on all cylinders, and and it's not really going to be surprising to see any, uh, you know, multitude of players, whether it be just Jimmy G or Jimmy of Buckets. I don't know why I said Jimmy G. Uh, Jimmy Buckets or Tyler Arrow or Bama Bio. I don't think to see any of these players have a big game would be surprising at all. Yeah. Or even all of them. Buy so. stock in the Heat if you haven't already yeah, for the yeah, future. Yeah, buy stock in the Heat. <laughs> so the next one we got, Lakers versus Rockets game three. Now, I think this is going to be a statement game. Whoever wins this game – it's going to show how the series can go. The Lakers can win if they turn it on, but the Rockets, when they're on and they're hitting their threes, and you know, ESPN score predictor, they have the Lakers with the 57.4% chance and the Rockets with the 42.6% chance. Yeah, and they got the Lakers at minus five on that. Um, like we said in the earlier segment as well, Adrian, or in a, with me and Preston talking in the earlier segments, I think the Lakers and LeBron – they're just wanting to turn it on. I think they're going to turn it on here in game three. Minus five, I'll take Lakers. I'm not betting against the uh, world's best basketball player. Yeah, so, uh, you don't bet against LeBron yeah. when he's down because, <laughs> you know, he, he's just going to turn it on. There's a reason why they won game two, and I yeah. think uh, they continue to win I'll take, game three. Uh, I'll take Bron Bron in the Lakers. Minus five for sure. Another storyline with that game that really went under – Underlooked and or overlooked was Avery Bradley. He's a he was a starter at the two for the Lakers all season, and he's a hellacious outside defender, perimeter defender, and he opted out yeah. just because of COVID nineteen and yep. everything. And the, against the Rockets, especially the most that prevalent probably, yeah. three yeah. point shooting team in the league right he, now, he's definitely missed. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I didn't that could think have been about huge coming off a series with the Rockets where they had to face uh, Lou Dort. You know more. More trouble defensively, uh, you know, for them. on the perimeter. Yeah, yeah, and actually in general, anyway. But uh, hit us with some more, Adrian. All right, so now we're gonna go, we're gonna go from the court to the ice. NHL, Dallas Ooh, Stars versus the it. Vegas Golden Knights, Game Two of the Western Conference Finals. Now Tyler Seguin has been a star for the Stars. Tyler Seguin, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, the betting lines, I think, are much on Dallas for this one. I saw the puck line was at. Plus one point five, but what do you have on that? 
Uh, yeah, so Vegas is at minus 150, um, and I, I don't know. You said the puck line was at minus one and a half for Vegas? It was plus 1.5 from what I saw. For Vegas. Yeah. So they're they're the dogs. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, on the spread, they're the, they're the favorite in, in the puck line that you saw. Maybe, maybe they're not. Either way, I think Vegas comes out with a win here. I think these are two of the, obviously, the best teams in the NHL. They're in the finals for a reason, uh, in the Western Conference finals for a reason. But I think Vegas is going to push this one uh, to to a tied game or tied series going into game three. I think they take this win. Where are they playing this one at? Uh, well, they're playing this one up in Edmonton. Okay. This is up yeah, in Edmonton. They got two Canada. bubbles, yeah. Western and Eastern Conference <laughs> bubbles, which are in Edmonton, uh, Canada, Alberta, Canada, and Toronto, Toronto Ontario, yeah. Canada. So, Man, I'm not much of a hockey guy, but uh, give me the stars. Yeah, I guess <laughs> locality. Uh, the stars are very good. I mean, they're on fire. Yeah. Obviously, the one game one, they're on fire. I just think they're they're a equally matched team. I think the Vegas yeah, Golden Vegas Knights are really good. so Vegas, good. I think, so yeah, I think I they're the able to take this right game too. But if not, I think that plays a huge factor in Dallas turning it up and and taking this series Definitely. real quick. I bought stock in the Golden Knights that first year, so I'm just going to kind of ride with it and act like I know what yeah. I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's move off the ice, and where are we going? We're going to go to the baseball field. Rays versus go. the Nationals. Now, the Rays have a good record at 28 and 14. The census pick on the money line is 75% Rays. Who are we taking? I'll take the Rays. I mean, yeah. they're just on fire. They're, yeah, they're in fuego. I'll take Tampa Bay. Nationals are 15 and 25. I mean, they're they're a good team when they can be, but I'll just take the Rays. They're on yeah. fire. Where, actually, where are they? They're playing that one in. Uh, I think they're it's playing at the Nationals. In, yeah, at the Nationals. Washington. 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 Not that that really matters, anyways. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Tampa on that. Well, one. I mean, in baseball, it does because you still always have that home field advantage going into that yeah. bottom of the ninth if you need it. Yeah. You know, so baseball is that one where like you still have home field advantage in, in a way, even though you don't have any fans in the stadium. And then the um so yeah, what's next? Last two talking football. First college we're gonna, we have Clemson versus Wake Forest. Now automatically you'll think that's a big dub for Clemson. Matchup predictor has them at ninety seven percent, Wake Forest three. But is it a chance for a possible upset, do you think? I think Clemson was favored by 30. 33. 33. Clemson is minus 33 against Wake Forest. I thought about They're taking this Wake one. Forest. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you think they can cover? I thought about taking this one as my pick, but uh, I, I backed away from it just because I don't I don't like those big 33-point lines. Yeah. I took uh, Walford last year as a 50. I think they were a 51-point dog against uh, Clemson. They covered for me. Okay. So I, uh, I'm i not going to take Wake Forest to cover that 33-point spread against Clemson, but I will say maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely possible, especially when you have those big point spreads. It's it, it's going to be interesting to yeah. see, does, does Trevor Lawrence come out and want to have a huge game week in and week out, or does he want to save himself for those bigger games later in the season yeah. that they're going to have? They're going to be playing uh, Hughes, UNC, um, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to be a good, a good game. I think it's going to be a tough one. Yeah. Not that I'm a big Notre Dame fan. Yeah. I'm not, but, uh, I'm actually a very Notre Dame hater. Yeah. <laughs> very well-known Notre Dame hater. Yeah. I'll take so, Clemson easily to win that one, but I'll, I'll, I'll stay off of that betting anything. And you got one yeah. more game for us. And we're going to hit Thursday night NFL Texans versus chiefs. Now the matchup predictor has the chiefs 77% Texans 22.8%. But the big question is, as we've seen, Super Bowl hangover? I'm sure hoping so for the I don't Chiefs. think so. I think <laughs> this team is uh, very different than Super Bowl teams, winning teams of the past. I think uh, maybe maybe the, if you're talking game one, maybe. But if you're talking season, no, I don't think I don't think the Chiefs have a Super Bowl hangover. The Chiefs are favored minus nine against Tennessee Titans or Houston Texans. I'm sorry. They're favored by minus nine. Uh, I would Texas, probably take. The Texans to cover to cover on that. Yeah, uh, in the NFL, but, you're more likely to have those teams, yeah. you know, play good games. But I'll, I'll games. take the Chiefs to to win, and I I agree with you on the Super Bowl hangover. That uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's just too good. Yeah, there's a reason they paid yeah. him 500 yeah. mil. I mean, that's that's not a Super Bowl hangover contract yeah. right there. They're not expecting that out of him. I think that'll be more of a Bill O'Brien patented game where they get blown out and then they cover in the fourth with some yeah. misery points, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Adrian, that was it, right? That's all the picks. Yep. That was all, all the right. picks for the uh, day. What do you got for your picks? Just uh, some general picks, Preston. What do you got? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'll start with college football. I had three picks here. I really like that Iowa State 
minus 11 versus uh, the Raging Cajuns. Are you taking Iowa State? Yeah. Yeah, I actually had that on my list too. I have Iowa State at minus 11 and a half. Uh, I think they're just going to – I don't even know how good Louisiana is, but – I don't think Iowa State is a net one uh, 11 and a half yeah. team. I think they're like uh, 14 or maybe even 20 point team, maybe 17. But I, I think they're going to cover that for oh, sure. Yeah. I'll definitely um, take Iowa State on that yeah. one. Uh, the next pick I had was uh, Georgia Tech at Florida State. They're plus 12. I think that Georgia Tech could cover that easily yeah. with, against Florida State. Yeah. Well, I'll go into my picks. I already said the Louisiana at uh, Iowa State. Iowa State's actually ranked 23. Um, in the nation right now. And that I think takes into, I don't think that can takes into consideration the teams that aren't playing yet because it's all preseason rankings. Those rankings will kind of reflect the uh, teams that are playing next week when they do uh, the next ranking. Uh, but my pick, my other pick is going to be Syracuse at UNC, number 18 UNC. I think Syracuse covers this plus 22 spread. Uh, I think they're better than than what people are giving them credit for. I think they're. I don't think they're going to beat UNC, but I definitely don't think they're going to get blown out by more than 22 points. So I'll take uh, Syracuse at plus 22 against UNC. Yeah, I like that pick as well. Absolutely. All right, well, you're listening to The Overtime. That was the sports show on U-Central Radio 99.3. And uh, you're listening to this Overtime segment if you are listening on Spotify or any podcast platforms it may be on. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on U- on uh, Twitter at U-Central Radio. At the Bake is here for myself. And Preston Poole is at Preston Poole 405. Yep. Adrian, do you want to give out your Twitter as well? This was kind of your segment. So give out your Twitter. My Twitter is at Mac underscore Adrian. Just my name backwards, M-A-C-K-A-D-R-I-A-N. Awesome. Well, you had it. That was the overtime segment on the sports show. Thanks for listening. See you.